guys, welcome back to another Weird Wednesday. I'm Asher's, and this is... Pat O'Sullivan. <laughs> it's hard to get used to doing it with a guy, because, you know, usually... I've, I bet. I've got Ivy, you know, and she's a little more, you know, feminine. And <laughs> Right. <laughs> it's okay, though. It's all right. How's your week been, Pat? How's it, how's it been going? I mean, we just got done talking about our weeks. That's why yeah, I was like, like, we should have started recording oh, this fucking 15 listen, minutes ago. You only heard about just some of my day. You have no idea. <laughs> Okay. Um, Terrible. Yeah, we just got done bitching about how our kids went back to school and how how weird the e-learning thing is. Yeah, Um, sucks. So we're not going to rehash that conversation. The one the one thing the one thing I I think we did I I would like to rehash though is um, the importance I think for children today to work with actual computers and not tablets because there is there's a big big difference between using a computer and using a tablet. Tablets you're just kind of you're using your fingers you're touching a button or a, a little picture of something and then the app pops up. And being somebody that grew up using DOS and having to do like kind of like programming to get computers to work yeah there's uh it's the more we as the more we understand how computers work the better you know what i mean we don't want a generation of people that like you know where where you have like lines around the block for the apple store because there's only three people that know how the phones work or whatever (laughs) i mean computers aren't obsolete is the thing like we're still very much using them for a lot of things like yes you can do a lot of stuff with just what you have in your pocket, but you can't do it all. (laughs) But I I think there's, you're going to see a huge drop off between our generation and our kids' generations. Cause we're still, I mean, there, there's an age gap between you and I, which Mm -hmm. are going to, we're going to talk about in today's episode. But um, I mean, when our kids are both roughly the same age and like those kids, if if it weren't, if, if we don't make efforts to, really push that kind of education like understanding that type of technology where they're at with just tablets and phones and ipod i you know all that stuff like they're not gonna know no they're not you know well and you were kind of talking about you know how kids adapt and i kind of had mentioned that i i feel a little guilt because i i feel like my kid doesn't know how to learn anything well the only technology she's ever had is stuff that's so simple you don't have to know what you're doing to use it (laughs) you know right (laughs) and so she's always been you know kind of I mean, quite literally handed everything to her on an app, whereas like a computer is just slightly more complex. And so it's just, I mean, it's just that generation, I guess. I don't know. Then again, listen to me sounding like old people with talking about that damn generation. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so it goes, right? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, my my weekend wasn't too, it was Labor Day weekend. uh, And there there wasn't too much going on. Um, Did you guys do anything? Played a lot of played a lot of dungeons and dragons which was awesome nerd uh, no. <laughs> fuck you i like it um i i really like no because i like i like writing the stories like i pretty much uh this weekend we did a homebrew fifth edition adaptation of the first module of the Temple of Elemental Evil, which some people will know exactly what I'm talking about, but the majority of you will have no idea what the fuck any of that means. <laughs> Two types uh, of people in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, people that understood what Pat just said, and people that don't and don't give a shit either. Um, basically, we took the, I took this really classic uh, Dungeons and Dragons adventure, and um, you know, over the years, D and D's been around for like I don't know, ever forty years about. Yeah, it's a little bit older than me, so yeah, forty and some change. Um, 
and there there's been different editions right and some of the some each edition had like different adventures that were written and released for it and uh because the rules change from edition to edition you know an adventure that was written for first first edition Dungeons and dragons won't automatically plug into people using fifth edition rules so sometimes you have to like nerf it a little bit and you have to change the stats and you just kind of have to make it work which is no big deal for me i mean it's it's just you know someone posted something on twitter this week that dungeons and dragons is just goblins with math which is um something that i love (laughs) two things that i love (laughs) goblins and math so right so sitting there and kind of writing these adventures and then doing all the math to figure out how to make do the transitions and stuff that that is literally my idea of a good time well you're Um, a storyteller anyway so i mean it you know it makes sense exactly well that's why you see like this huge it's like D has become so fucking popular now and it's because all these actors are like coming forward to talk about how they used to be D nerds it's not uncool anymore right and and you know vin diesel to his credit was the first actor that kind of flew that flag really high and was very open about you know uh what a what a big D nerd he was and then there's been a couple others over the years and now like you go to conventions and like the one that i was supposed to go to this march i was actually supposed to be running a game there uh matthew lillard was going to be out in attendance which is like to me feels like it's just a grab to keep his name in the fucking uh people's minds (laughs) you know (laughs) but uh yeah that dude from um who else is the big one joe magley uh whatever the dude from um true blood He's married to the hot Mexican oh, chick. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's another guy that's like real big in the and the. Uh, I didn't really have such a big following. I guess I, I never. I mean, I just I've never played it, and, and it's not because I'm scared of you know being seen as uncool or whatever. Um, you know, I'm a redhead with big boobs, so I'm always cool. But <laughs> I just have never had the chance to like sit down and learn it. I haven't found a group, I guess, to to do it with and. So, I mean, I don't know. I go to this nerd bar all the time. It's across the street from my house, and it's it's a board game bar, basically. So, I mean, they all get together and do stuff. Obviously, with COVID, nobody's doing that right now. But <laughs> um, I can't believe they don't. They, yeah, they. you would think a place like that would have, like, a D&D afternoon, like Sunday afternoons they do. or something. They do. I've just yeah. never gone. I mean, I'm you know, believe it or not, I, I can be a little shy sometimes. And so I've never shown up and been like, oh, hey, I'm here. It, it is kind of weird when I go anyway. Like I said, it's... um. I'm very much out of place, um, you know, which it's going to make me sound like a narcissist, but but I am. I'm very out of place with these people. They're all very, I don't know if they're intimidated by me. I don't know if they are confused. Yeah. I'm not really sure, but it's hard to like get people like comfortable enough to even like talk to me. So like me approaching them, it, they're just like, they're, I don't really take kindly to it. I guess, I don't know, it's weird. <laughs> I can see that. I mean, I, listen, I, I have been a nerd my whole entire life i remember what it was like to be 15 years old and a girl walks into the comic book store like my face would turn red like she's not even looking at me like like, she's there to like do whatever and like has no idea that i'm in there and does didn't come in there looking for me yeah but yet you're just like oh my god there's a girl (laughs) it's a girl everybody (laughs) your ears turn like beet red and you just your hands start sweating you just want her to go because you're like oh my god there's a girl yeah Um, yeah, it does kind of get that and so yeah so i go and it's it's it can be difficult to make friends sometimes i mean it's a good thing to have alcohol because then i drink and then i just don't give a fuck at all and you know it still doesn't (laughs) always work out in my favor because everybody's still like oh they've been starting to do like um 
uh, they were getting into like Mario Kart tournaments and stuff like that. So like when you get the gamers out, they're they're different than the you know the right. the D and D nerds and stuff. And and I'll go sometimes like they do a, a werewolf you know game. They they play werewolf and I went and played it with the people there. But that's because I don't have to directly interact with anybody and it's a really good icebreaker so it's it worked yeah. out better than it would be i feel like D's a lot more personal so i just haven't werewolf what no you mean werewolf like the vampire the masquerade spinoff i think so i don't know okay yeah i think <laughs> i don't know and the first time i ever went there i got drunk it was my birthday and i i was drunk before i even went there i went there and showed up and they were all playing this werewolf game and i was i had a friend with me and you were like oh we'll play it yeah and we sat down and started playing it and i don't know i've 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 enjoyed it. So like I said, I've gone back. Um, but I, I mean, that's all I know. It's called werewolf and it's fine. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just never really was able to, to get into that stuff, but I've always been, you know, myself, I'm always a big nerd. You know, I've always been a big nerd. I just, I don't really, I don't know. I don't. Different people nerd out about different shit. And I think sometimes there's there's certain things that are more accessible than others. I mean, you're definitely a fucking nerd about the Mothman. You know, and there's there, there's people that play D&D. Did you D&D see my big Twitter like, announcement? No. When, when did you make it? Well, why don't you make it on the show? Yeah. I. Well, what's that? Make your big Twitter announcement on the show right now. Well, I thought you saw it, but I'll I'll say it. Um, I I had to let everybody know um, that I, you know, the Mothman's not actually my favorite cryptid. You know, I, I, oh yeah. that one. I, geez, I have no idea which one you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. It's all it's all breaking news on the Twitter account. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Was, you know, I was I was worried. I'm like, people are gonna hate me. Um, but <laughs> but everybody assumes because I'm making the documentary about him that he's he's number one and uh, fuck I never believed in him until just recently. <laughs> so yeah, no, you said you mentioned Thunderbirds, which I was yeah. like, yeah, they're, I, they're my favorites. Damn, yeah, that was always my favorite too, just because um they're they're kind of uh, particular to Illinois. I mean, I think the Midwest in general, you guys probably have some stuff over there too. But yeah, well, if the, you it, yeah, the Midwest in general, I would say right. If you look at like if you you know if you search for like what's the cryptid of Illinois you know obviously the New Jersey has the Jersey Devil, mm-hmm. uh, you know Wisconsin has the Hodag, um, Southwest region has the Chupacabra or whatever, um, California has the Bigfoot, mm-hmm. and Illinois has Thunderbirds. So that's always been kind of our uh, your big thing. Hometown like, heroes. Yeah. I like anything that can fly and anything that can swim because I feel like they're the most likely candidates for things that are probably likely real because they can hide from us because we are on, which I did a whole, you know, discussion on cryptozoology on, on the podcast, but um, you know, we are on the ground, you know, we're not in the water, we're not in the sky. And so they can get to places that we can't get to. So it's a lot easier for them to hide from us. And why wouldn't they hide from us? We're destructive as fuck. So, <laughs> right. you know, that's, those are always my favorite favorites. Not necessarily that I, that I think that, you know, birds, because I talk about the ultra terrestrials and stuff all the time. I think that we do have giant terrestrial birds. And I think that we have giant sea creatures that are also terrestrial. I don't think that everything is an alien, <laughs> but um, you know, I think that it is a possibility that things like the Mothman or these, you know, other weird flying, you know, humanoids or whatever um, could be responsible for a, for a, for a Thunderbird sighting and vice versa, you know? So I, which I which Thunderbird is your favorite? The giant like pterodactyl or like the feathered? Uh, <laughs> I see that's hard. One. Um, 
I would the, like the kid in me would love to believe that they're still pterodactyls. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I was like big into dinosaurs. Like I was going to be an archaeologist. Love dinosaurs. Love Jurassic Park. <laughs> um, but yeah, the kid in me would like to believe that there are still pterodactyls around. Um, but the like edgy edge lord goth would love to have like the giant you know pterodactyls, the giant black birds with the big old you know. The big scary guys and so you know but i think that they're probably more likely for it to be an actual feathered bird than it is to be right. a big you know a big dinosaur and even to an extent i kind of give a little bit of credence to dragons um not because i think that they're specifically seeing dragons but because there's so many reports there's so many sightings of them as, as that it's got to be something <laughs> so yeah <laughs> you know that's uh another thing i guess i don't know but yeah it was it was my big uh Twitter announcement after somebody somebody sent me something again. I don't know. I, I have all the Mothman stuff, and it's great. I, I love it. But you know, it was easily the uh, second most shocking Twitter post you made this weekend. What was the other one? <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> was it the nip? Is it was that the other shock? Yeah, <laughs> I would have to say that. That one got taken down on uh, Instagram. Actually, um, did it? Does that mean that it. someone reported you, or does that just? It's you know, got to, right? I'm curious about that because it was on there for a couple of days before it got taken down. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm wondering, and it's like, and 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 Instagram's like, I mean, we do allow like, you know, um, breast cancer scar people and uh, breastfeeding, and I'm like, oh, yeah, but like, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm just. It's just a right. <laughs> whatever. Technically, you're wearing a shirt. It just happens to be fishnet. Right, I'm wearing holes. clothes. <laughs> it happened to be poking through one of the holes. Yeah. <laughs> what are they talking know. about? Yeah, and I, I mean, I've seen that though on Instagram because they're really weird. Like they're they're iffy about whether or not they'll let the nudity slip or not. Um, but you know, like you said, did somebody report it? Probably. And I, and I wouldn't be is your, surprised. Is your Instagram public or is it, is it friends only? It's very public. Oh, well, yeah. Should I mean, well, I think it was purse. If it was reported, I think it was personal and I have a pretty good idea about who or what. So <laughs> whatever, yeah. but you know, hundreds of people saw it before it got taken down. So that's all that matters to me. <laughs> And it's still up on Twitter, so <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it'll it'll remain there. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that, that was pretty much my big week on social media. That's <laughs> <laughs> those were my big announcements. Something else happened this week. Something something weird. Um, it was a um, not weird per se, but there was the uh, the uh, New Guinea singing dogs um were that were previously thought to be extinct i think we had some in captivity just in the wild there wasn't anymore um but they were rediscovered again actually in pretty large populations it, it was a study that they've been doing since um 2016 they had thought that they had seen a group of them and so they put trail cams and stuff out to catch these dogs these wild dogs and uh, after seeing them a couple times they were somehow able to like take dna samples and like confirm that that's what they were seeing so um you know, cryptozoology isn't all about Bigfoot and Thunderbirds. Sometimes it's just about uh, New Guinea singing dogs. Right. <laughs> because technically, you know, there were sightings of it and we considered it extinct. And therefore, you know, we found out it wasn't. Um, so, I mean, that's technically a cryptozoological discovery. Um, so that was, I, you know, I think that's pretty cool. And I think that that's a reminder to people, like I said, to, you know, recognize that cryptozoology isn't just that isn't just mythical studies. It's it's much more. I mean, it's very scientific. It's very much a science. 
So, right. you know, I thought that that was a, a cool share. And then the uh, National Center for or the National UFO Reporting Center um, said that uh, 2020 so far, UFO reporting, uh, you know, UFO sightings are up by like 50% or something crazy. Like wow. That. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and that was like a big debate um, in the beginning of the lockdown was whether or not it would go up. And, um, you know, some people are like, no, probably not. I mean, but, you know, obviously 50% so far into the year, nine months into the year, that's a lot. So. Yeah, you would think that with more people inside, you're not going to see as much stuff outside. But I mean, maybe that's going to create more cranks because you're going to have more people just bored as shit. And Well, I mean, you know, just because we were all on lockdown, we weren't necessarily ordered to just stay inside. Um, you know, a lot of people, I, me personally, you know, I ended up getting outside probably more than ever. And uh, there's this hiking trail that's by my home, and it's it's tame. I like to take my eight year old because it's easy for her. Um, and gosh, we went the one day, and you basically had to walk it in a single file line. I've never seen so many people outside before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah, that that is true. That is true. I've noticed that driving um, downtown is that because you have so many people working from home or just yeah. not working at all mm-hmm. that the beachfronts and the and the jogging paths along Lake Michigan are way fuller than they've ever been in the past. Well, and everybody's out, everybody, and literally everybody and their dog is every, is out walking. Like, you know, right. You're, you're right. And, you know, so that but, does make sense. The increase does make sense because you do have more people out and about during the day. It does, but you do have to wonder how many of those are, like, legitimate reports or if they're just people that are bored and they're just making it up, you know? Yeah. You always have to call that into question. But then again, like, you know, some people don't – they're not familiar with, you know, aerial – um you know activity so i mean gosh they're probably just seeing airplanes and they're like oh it's lights in the sky you know that that happens (laughs) that happens a lot (laughs) but there are also i mean there's a lot of ufo reports like that go unreported i mean or you know sightings that go unreported so you know because we talked about it before who do you call when that happens a lot of people don't even know you know so but i thought that was interesting um speaking of, of aerial phenomenon i think this would be kind of a cool way to kind of get into the topic of what we're talking about because it's kind of involves the military. Um, so I live by Wright Patterson air force base, which, okay. you know, has all kinds of crazy lore behind it. Supposedly that's where the Roswell bodies are and whatnot. Um, lately there's been like a lot of military helicopters out and about, and I don't know what's going on. It's, it's been crazy. And like, I probably live, about 15 minutes away from the base itself so it's not like it's in my you know it's it's on my back porch or anything but like there i mean there are military helicopters everywhere lately and i i don't really you know i don't really know why um i don't know if i should like try to look into this more i feel like i've kind of pushed their buttons because i i'm always looking i'm always trying to look into like different things on them because i am so close and i'm able to contact civilian like civilian workers easier and and sometimes they'll they'll tell you some shit um i probably shouldn't say that on the podcast (laughs) have the men in black at my door tomorrow morning when i wake up um but you know i just i found that very odd you know the only other time that i had seen so much activity um happened to be 19 years ago (laughs) almost to the date and you know that was when you know our topic today is when 9-11 happened other than that i mean it's usually pretty quiet sure we get airplanes and stuff and you know you'll get the fighter jets and things and you'll get them like doing test runs and stuff like that usually they tell us when they're going to do stuff like that 
Right. Uh, that information. I, I see that a lot on like the neighbor apps or like on Facebook or, or even Twitter where someone will be like, you know, oh my God, I saw, you know, there's low flying unmarked helicopters. And then somebody will say, yeah, but they, they're, they're run, they're running urban pacification drills from uh great lakes naval base you know what i mean like it, it's not going to get covered on the on the on the five o'clock news necessarily but that information is out there for people to find and usually when one person freaks out about it or says something you get more people talking about right it. then there's usually a conversation and like if it's there if it's in a press release somewhere it'll get dug up and yeah you know. I, I mean i haven't been able to see anything about it you know i mean right. i'm pretty good about like i said it's it's one of my hot spot places that i'm i, I it's usually you know, I got an eye on the on the place at all times and I hadn't seen anything like that. And I'm like, you know, and at first I was like, is it just me? Is it just because I also live right next to a hospital, which is closer to me than the base, because most yeah. I've seen them around my home and I'm like, oh, it's just care flight. But care flight helicopters are different than military. You know, there's a big difference. And uh, and, you know, the, the when it really took note of it uh, as it being significant, I was outside with another person that like saw the helicopter and they're like oh shit that's a military helicopter like <laughs> and then we act badly <laughs> and so i'm like okay this isn't normal <laughs> there's something going on here and so i don't know i'm not really sure what what's happening um maybe the maybe they're just bored because of the pandemic i don't know yeah it could be maneuvers i mean we're getting into the fall so if you're going to do any kind of drills or anything this is going to be the last couple months to do it yeah. You know, or it could be it could be moving equipment from one place to another. You know, I mean, they do that stuff all the time. There was I know when this COVID stuff started happening, there was pictures of um, right. Right where I live is like the nexus of three major expressways. And um, there was pictures of like a military caravan going down one of them and we're talking like tanks and like the know. armored troop transports and all this stuff and everyone's like holy oh, they're fucking you know it's martial law and someone's like no they do this once every couple months they'll move equipment from point a to point b there's an illinois national guard armory right over here and they're moving stuff and blah 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 you know and i mean i i'm I, not being devil's i hate to be devil's advocate but um, I don't know. See, and maybe it's just me. You know, you grew up with that, so yeah. you you probably have a better sense of when something's off or when something's just not normal. Yeah, you know I, mean, what I, I mean? hate to be the first person to be like, it's not normal because, like, it's me whose whole entire life is the weird. Right, but at the same time, you've lived there your whole entire life, so you know traffic flow, you know air patterns, you know if five helicopters a day is a lot or not. You know what I mean? You like, would be- yeah, I mean, I've never, you know, I, I don't, I'm not going to like sit here and pretend like I follow the military and I know the specific names of these helicopters and things like, I just, I just know what they are. And, and I do, I, like I said, I recognize that lately and it's been going on for, I mean, gosh, probably about a month even. I mean, it's not just been like a one-off, a weird day. It's been going on for a minute and I'm like, what, <laughs> what is this? <Yeah. laughs> I don't know. It's been. Well, it's a weird time for us, man. I mean, it's definitely. I, I I think that I don't think you're wrong to yeah kind of question it yeah I mean, I, mean, what, what, I mean I can't do anything with that information I've been trying to kind of you know like I said dig into the civilians a little bit more now I've, I've got you know I've got friends and stuff that work there and um you know and like I said sometimes they'll they'll tell you things sometimes they'll just you know it's hard to tell if they're joking just because they know the rumors or <laughs> if they're really just 
letting it slip. And it's such a ridiculous claim anyway, that nobody's going to believe it. You know, <laughs> it was good. I was going to question it. You're like, what? Can I, can I tell one anecdote and then we yeah. can get into the whole nine 11 thing. Please. And this is going to completely derail us from the nine 11 thing oh for a second, God. but whatever, it's a good one. So, um, I mean, uh, I used to be a bouncer at a 5 a.m. bar here in Chicago, and our clientele, for the most part, um, during the week, obviously Friday, Saturday, you have people out drinking that don't know to go home at 2 a.m. and they're out till 5. Yeah. But on your average Sunday night, the people that are drinking till 4 or 5 in the morning were sheriffs okay. or police officers or whatever, right? So we always had we always had sheriffs in there. We always had police officers in there. And... um you know, you kind of make jokes with them and you talk to them and you get to know them a little bit. And, uh, obviously one narrative, you know, the sheriffs, uh, guard the prisons, right? Uh, some are bailiffs in courthouses and some, you know, do other things like they serve, you know, eviction notices or whatever. But like, for the most part, if you're a sheriff, you know, you're going to get stationed to a jail or something. And as probably most people know, one of the biggest jokes about going to jail is that if you're a man and you go to jail, there's a high likelihood that you'll be sexually assaulted, right? right. And we would sit there and we we'd get to know these guys, right? And you drink with them and, you know, you would talk about stuff and you bring that up and they'd always be like, that's a bunch of bullshit. You just see that in the movies. That's just something cops say to scare you. Nobody gets raped in jail. Doesn't fucking happen, right? Okay. And this was something that like kind of, you know, the the first level of you know, I'd say like culture or, or perception, right, is that this stuff happens all the time. Second level, if you have friends or, you know, people that are police officers or sheriffs, they'll tell you, no, 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 it doesn't fucking happen, right? Well, one night, a, a guy that was like, I, I had known in grammar school, he was the first drummer that I ever played with. And me and this kid were pretty good friends in grammar school. And then we kind of just went our separate ways in high school and college. And he comes in the bar and we're talking and it turns out he's a Cook County Sheriff. And uh, we're talking and I'm like, so do you ever see a lot of crazy shit in jail? Like, you know, being a guard? He's like, oh my God, all the fucking time. And I'm like, really? And he goes, dude, it's people get raped left and right. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Are you serious? He goes, you have no idea. And I'm like, because these guys over here, they're in here drinking every night. They say that that's all true. It's wives' tales. It's urban legends. He goes, <laughs> it's not an urban, it's not an urban legend, dude. <laughs> he goes, there was a guy that was in jail. Got he got arrested on a on a Thursday night for a DUI. Wound up in 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 county. Was supposed to be released Friday by the end of the day. Didn't for some reason. Got left in jail overnight was unaccounted nobody knew he was there till monday morning and when they found this dude <clears throat> he had all his teeth knocked out and he'd been passed around all fucking weekend <laughs> and i'm like are you fucking serious and he's like yeah this guy was like a lawyer from naperville we're probably you know oh, all, wow. shit's gonna hit the fan it'll be all over the news in a couple of and all this stuff and i'm like oh my fucking god so it, it goes down to like what you said about like you don't know whether or not yeah sometimes these people tell you things you don't know to believe it it's like well who do i believe do i believe everything i see you see in movies it says one thing do I believe like all of the guys that came into the bar that told me something completely different? Yeah. Or do I believe the one dude that I used to be in a band with that was like, no, 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 dude. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, yeah, that is rough. You're know. just like, I don't, I don't know who to believe at this point. It, it um, is hard. Yeah. It's like, man, because, you know, again, those things are so ridiculous that like nobody could just fucking make up a story like that. You know, it's just 
that doesn't just like come to your mind on a whim, you know, sitting there talking to you, drinking at the bar, like usually, you know, stuff like that. It's so ridiculous. It's so involved that it almost has to be true. <laughs> well, for, first of all, like somebody wrote Star Wars, like people come up with shit. They do. You know, sure. So, number one. Number two, I just realized in relating this anecdote that it totally makes me seem like I'm asking every sheriff that walks in the bar if he's ever seen anyone get raped before. And I'm telling you right now, that's not the case. <laughs> Don't like that. We all know. <laughs> it's not the topic of conversation. It's a lot of Oz. <laughs> I'm sitting there. Yeah, you ever seen anyone get shit in their mouth? Uh, no, I did. I honestly, I didn't watch a lot of Oz because of that. And uh, what's the, what's the other? I don't know. There's other shows. My wife watches this show, Outlander. Oh, you it, ever no, you no, ever heard no, of that? No, oh god, it's it has to do with like people that time travel or something, and they're Scottish. But like the three, the two times I've walked past the TV and it's been on, someone's being raped, and I'm like, is that that rape show? She's like, no, it's really only in, in, in seven seasons. It's only happened twice. You just happen to be in the room. When it, <laughs> those two scenes, Game of Thrones is much much worse. You know, just only happens. Now, my dad, my dad is is a career criminal, and um, you know, he will tell you any day he would much rather be in prison than he would in jail now in jail you really don't get raped and stuff but the thing about being in jail and how it's miserable is because you're pretty much isolated you're almost by yourself the entire time and you know compared to being in prison when you're in prison you've got that freedom which is why you know there is so much rape and there's so much and then my my boyfriend also he was he he's a he's a felon (laughs) um he was in he went to prison for like three years and he's told me some really crazy stories about stuff he almost got killed because this one guy was like trying to explain how he wasn't gay um he just has sex with men that that identify as feminine and he's not having sex with a man he's having sex with the woman inside of the man's body and sure. shane's like well but no you're gay <laughs> i don't know if i'd feel the need to, to die on that hill i think i would let the guy keep telling himself whatever like i'm not dr phil I'm not here to fucking hit you yeah, with the truth. I, I agree. I wouldn't either. But Shane's kind of stupid, so I mean, he he does he's he doesn't value his own life enough. So <laughs> I mean, he may be not alive. So, but yeah, I mean, but I've I've heard some you know really horrific stories and shit that goes on in prison. Like I said, jail usually not so much. But you know, my dad's always told me stuff, and I always like wonder because my dad, like I said, is a career criminal. He goes in and out of prison, spends about four or five years, gets out for about a year, goes back in again. Um, you know, it always makes me wonder, like, has my dad raped somebody? <laughs> oh, jeez. I think it depends. I think it depends on from from my understanding. Now, granted, I'm talking to people that are all county jail prison guards. Um, yeah. That's not the penitentiary, right? That's not. It's different. That's right? pe- that's people that it's a holding. It's it's a much bigger holding cell right. than um, you know. And I guess if you can't be, can you be sentenced to county? You if, can. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how that works. I'm not, I'm not. I've been. I've been to jail and never prison. Um, but like, yeah, I think if um, when you talk to penitentiary guards, that's different. Yeah, because those are the that's where you get the lifers, or that's where you get the people that know they're going to be there for 15 years. Um, or they're or they're trying to get out, or they want good behavior because they want to be out and yeah, and you know they've got they want the low end of the sentence. Right. Right. Um, it does depend. Yeah, my dad was in a. He was at a maximum security in Ohio for a long time. He actually, um, <clears throat> he was in the hole for 18 months because uh, he was approached by the Aryan Brotherhood to join them and he did not want to. So they were trying to kill him and they put him in the hole. They put my father in the hole until they could transfer him. 
Um, and now the hole is, you know, complete solitary confinement. And um, right. I, I think, I think it's messed. I think it really messed him up. <laughs> I do. Um, granted, he was never a great person before that. But, you know, if you're, when you're by yourself for a year and a half <laughs> with nothing but your thoughts, you know, that's pretty, that's pretty, I think you get like one book once a week or something like that. And then, and then that's it. You have no recreation whatsoever. You know, in prisons, usually they have a lot of stuff. Fuck, there's prisoners nowadays with cell phones, you know, and it's like, Right. They got all this, you know, recreation and all this stuff and you know, they get TVs and you know all kinds of things, but yeah, when you're in the hole you got nothing. I don't know. It is I mean, it, the different the different facilities cuz then you've got like the maximum security and the minimum security and you got the ones that are, you know, mid-grade. They're just all different. Like you said, kind of the holding areas are different. Um there's like a transfer there, there's like a transfer prison. I know here they call it CRC. I don't know if it's that way in other states. But you're not there. You're there very, you know, temporarily, and then you're moved to your actual prison. And mm. I mean, and then you've got jail, and then you've just got, you know, holding in jail. <laughs> you know, and so I mean, there's different areas. So obviously, people are going to know what they work. Um, you know, but and and, and it, it can all be different. But prison's no fucking joke, man. That's like my, like I've never been to jail. That's one of my life goals. I don't ever want to go to jail. So. <laughs> Gonna... I, I've spent the night twice or three times. Have you? It's not, I've never, yeah. I've never, I'm like, nope. Even that, I'm like, no. And maybe that's because... I don't want to. It wasn't like I fucking did Oh, you didn't need it in volunteer? No, I got caught. I was trying to fucking get away. You know, <laughs> you know it fucking didn't happen. You know, there were times I did get away and I didn't spend the night in jail. But there was three times exactly. where I got caught and I had to do it. And oh. it wasn't the end of the world i was in my own little fucking cell i mean i guess if you know you're gonna go home you know then then i guess that's better but there's so i was usually i was usually drunk and just went right to sleep two times i had people to talk to like there was people in the other cells and i would talk to them but they were fucking idiots like that's the thing is like you know the, the shit that i wind up you know different people are there for different reasons yeah. let's just put it like that and yeah. the shit that i'm was usually there for was fucking goofy bullshit yeah and uh you know some people are there for slightly more one time i was there and the guy that uh, was in the cell next to me he was there because he had gone over to his girlfriend's house he was a high school kid he went over to his girlfriend's house to do homework with her and her dad answered the door and when her dad answered the door he's like hi mr johnson i'm here to do homework with your daughter and the father welcomes him into the house and takes his jacket and he hands him the kid hands the dad the jacket and the dad takes the jacket and it's heavy and he kind of feels it like this thing's fucking heavy and he reaches in the pocket and he finds a gun (laughs) and the the dad was a fucking off-duty chicago cop <laughs> he calls the he calls the cops and they he's like okay yeah good she's in the kitchen table go you know go meet her in the kitchen you guys are working on that report or whatever and he calls his fucking buddies to come pick this kid up and the kid's telling me this story and i'm like laughing at him I'm like you fucking idiot you went over there with a gun in your pocket and he's like hey man like you don't know what it's like like i had to i had to, i had to fucking walk over there and Wow. You know, this, this guy didn't live in the best neighborhood, and, and there's people that are after me and shit. And I was like, I don't know. What am I supposed to? Do? I'm not, I'm not going to try to give a kid advice. Like he doesn't fucking care. And I don't yeah. know. I'm sitting in the cell next to him. Who the fuck am I to say anything? But uh, <laughs> that's still funny, though. That's really that's a really shitty reason to get. You don't fucking have a gun. You didn't even get to shoot anybody with it. And you're in jail. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> on that note, this is another time I was in there. I had been a, I had been accused of. Um, 
I had been accused of hitting a police officer, which I didn't do. It was fucking bullshit. And uh, I was telling the story to this fucking guy, and I was real passionate and real upset about it. It was my first time in jail. And I was like, you know, and they fucking planted drugs on my buddy, and they threw him down a flight of stairs, and then they tried to fucking, you know, I, I tried to go after him and help him, and they and they did all this, and they, and they, you know, they, so then they arrested me for battery, and I didn't do shit, and blah, blah, blah. And the guy just listens to me. But when I'm done, like, ranting, I'm like, so what are you in here for? And he's like, well, yeah, if anyone asks, I didn't steal those TVs either. Because you know? <laughs> I was like, I didn't do it. I don't know what the fuck. I didn't fucking do it. I'm fucking innocent. He's like, yeah. Because yeah, everybody in jail didn't do it. Right. Exactly. He's like, yeah, I didn't steal those TVs. Either. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, that's the joke. I know. I know. Well, I Pat, know. on that note, let's. Uh... <laughs> right. 36 minutes into this week's episode. Let's get to the topic at hand. That's okay. That's all right. It's been entertaining. Um, so I want to, you know, I do, I want to start off by saying that like, yes, we're covering, you know, 9-11 conspiracies for the most part, um, regardless of the what or the why or the how that this happened, you know, we still lost almost 3000 people that day. And so we need to try to be as, you know, respectful as we can, uh, about that because, you know, those people did die for whatever reason. Um, and then, gosh, I don't even know how many more the the following war killed, you know, going forward. But, um, you know, it really it really does kind of make you angry, though, when you think about everything and and all those people died for. I'm not really sure. Um, so I figured we would kind of share, you know, Pat mentioned earlier, him and I have, you know, an obvious age gap. And I thought that it would be kind of fun to share um you know starting off kind of our own little like 9-11 experiences everybody's got that story you know where you were when the twin towers hit you know right. um, much like our parents have the whole and the, the previous generation has the whole yeah where were you when kennedy was killed yeah right uh, right yeah that's the new uh that's the new i don't know that's the new <laughs> trauma right. i don't know <laughs> this generation's trauma i don't know i i think that's a great way to great way to describe <laughs> it that, you know? but it's, it is what it is um, so I was, mine's pretty simple. Um, I was 11 when it happened. I was in fifth grade and we were in school, you know, and, um, the counselor came in, the school counselor came in in the middle of class and, you know, I don't, I couldn't, I don't have a photographic memory. I don't remember what we were learning that day or anything like that. Um, but she came in and she's like, uh, she's like, well, you know, at such and such time, um, the world trade center had a, had a plane crash into it. And, uh, and you know, that was bad. Um, but then, you know, a little bit later, another plane crashed into it. Um, so we're under attack is what she, <laughs> what she told us. And wow. none of us knew what that meant. You know, we were kids and, um, we were still at school. We still remained at school for the rest of the day. Um, which, you know, I've heard other people, you know, my age, they, they got out earlier or whatever, but we, um, sat in the classroom and we talked about it. And, um, you know, the teacher, this was the first time the teacher was hearing about it. And she's got a bunch of 11 year olds that doesn't understand what's going on and what that means by us being under attack. <laughs> and she's trying to kind of explain it to us and, you know, what is really going on. So, so I go home and, you know, of course, the rest of the day, everybody's, you know, glued to their TVs, watching the news and figuring it out. And I don't remember much of like the actual details. I went out with my friends. Um, we lived in an apartment complex at the time and, um, we went around the apartment complex vandalizing things <laughs> because we thought that it was, you know, the end of the world. And, um, you know, especially for us, you know, again, that was the only other time in my life I've seen so much military activity because we're so close to the base. That was a huge concern was whether or not we were going to be targeted in our area because we had the big base right there. Right. Um, and, you know, the first thing that all of our parents taught us is that we could go outside and be with our friends. Um, but, 
if something were to happen, we need to like immediately duck under cars or, you know, can, we hey, it, can you repeat that last sentence? It, it like it lagged or something. Oh, like, uh, uh, my shitty Wi-Fi. Um, no, no. So your parents always taught you what they were taught. They were teaching us how to like, if, if something were to happen or we thought like a, a plane was coming or a bomb was coming, we need to duck underneath cars and, you know, jump in the ditches. And, and they, they taught, this was like part of what they taught you prior to 9-11 no, that like, day like we got okay, like right, yeah. we got like you know bomb drill training in like less than an hour <laughs> and and we were all wow. whatever and um you know but after that it was different things were different everybody was super nice to each other um it was a very they were everybody was super nice. <laughs> no you're 100 percent right i forgot about that well, i completely saying, fucking forgot about that everything yeah. was about like love your neighbor and let's treat each other better and let's be good people it was fucking great it really was it really was an yeah. awesome time for for oh, us at that time you know but um yeah i mean like i said i really didn't understand it i just had always knew it had happened and then when i was in high school um it was the first time I had watched the documentary and well, really any documentary about it. Um, but I watched the documentary specifically about the firefighters that were there on scene. And, um, you know, it was, it was pretty remarkable. It, it's, it's hard to watch cause they've got like footage from them trying to rescue people like inside of the world trade center. And you can hear fucking people's bodies hitting the ground and shit outside. And, you know, it was, it was rough, but my high school teacher, I think it was like a sophomore year in high school. Um, he was a big truther. Like he taught us that nine eleven was caused by us. <laughs> and now, what specifically? What was his? Like, how? What do you mean it was caused by us? So he says that we his he went with the theory of like um, we didn't necessarily orchestrate it happening that we knew that it was going to happen and we invited it to happen and even took measures to not take specific precautionary action so that it could happen so that we could go to war over um oil basically is what he's is, is what is what his thought process was behind it Mm-hmm. and so we never did we always did a test he was a really strict teacher like we, we would have these tests and then only be like seven questions long but if we got even one wrong we failed it and um so we had to know these things like the back of our hand. He was a great teacher but then he had the whole 9-11 and uh you know the war and stuff and uh you know he just I, we didn't have a test on it ever because you know i think he knew that he wasn't supposed to be he didn't want to put anything in writing yeah right that it was a conspiracy but that's what he taught us and i mean we were old enough to know that like this guy could be crazy you know we were old enough to know <laughs> you know enough about it to know that you know there was truthers and conspiracies and things like that i was definitely old enough to know then um you know i was just kind of my bag but i mean that's basically i mean that was pretty much my whole experience with it as a kid um now you were an adult when this happened i was 20 years old yeah yeah um i was in a chat room when the first plane hit um and i remember talking to people and being like uh, I, i had worked that day but um i had some time to kill so i was online and uh first plane hit and my mom called and was like, and I don't know if, I don't think I knew the first plane hit. My mom worked uh, downtown um, in one of the government buildings yeah. and she got a hold of me and was like, hey, uh, do you hear about this thing that happened in New York? And I'm like, no, what? And she told me. And I was like, um, 
I was like, oh, okay. Because nobody really like, knew what that right. time. Right. Well, the news reports, like, if you're not there, you're, you're in Chicago, you're hearing it on the news, and you're like a plane hit. And you don't know if it's like a Cessna or something. Like, you're just right. like, oh, that's weird. Freak accident, but then whatever. It's 15 minutes later when the second plane hit. That's when people realized there was something going on. Um, and or there was no way to kind of hide that there, maybe after the first one hit, maybe every, maybe the government knew They're like, okay, this was a passenger jet that had been hijacked. There had been an SOS signal. I don't know. But I, when that second one hit, it was, it was now the, the story suddenly became, there's something terribly, terribly fucking wrong here. Right. And, um, the second plane hit and I had the TV on when that happened. And I just remember like people dropping out of the chat room and everyone being like, Oh fuck. And, uh, like one, like you saw, like you know, forty-seven people, and you see the number just go down, and someone goes, "This has got to be a joke or something." And um, my mom called and was like, "Don't worry, but I'm coming home. They're evacuating the building." Now I worked downtown at the time, and I worked eleven to eleven a.m. to seven p.m. Okay, so. I was getting ready to go to work. So I'm like, kind of like, this is fucking weird. I don't know what to do. I'm just going to keep going about my routine. Sure. And I went and I picked up my buddy who uh, was going to school downtown at the time. And me and him, I drove to the train station together and I pick him up and he's wearing a cowboy hat and this American flag (laughs) t-shirt. And he's like, do you hear about this shit? And I'm like, (laughs) I just see him and I start laughing. I'm like, yeah. He goes, he goes, man, we're going to fucking war. And I'm like, I'm like, is that what you think this is? And he goes, oh, it was fucking. And he, he, yeah, I mean, he kind of, I'm not going to repeat what he said, you know, but he kind of, he knew what the deal was. And, uh, but, but as the, every minute, like more and more info was coming out. So we go to the train station. The train station was in a residential area, and it was a metro train, which is which is which is not a CTA train. Right. Um, and I don't know how I can accurately describe this if you don't live in Chicago. But metro trains are very nice, and they run through residential areas. And we're standing on one side of the uh, train tracks, waiting to get picked up, and on the other side, kind of maybe I don't know, a hundred yards away is like somebody's backyard right it's like it's like a block like a residential block and this guy kind of comes out of his house and he walks to his fence and he's like hey he goes i wouldn't go downtown if i were you because there's a bunch of us sitting on the on the train platform waiting to take take the train downtown and he's like they're evacuating downtown he's like don't go down okay and we look around and like everybody, like some people start to walk back to their cars and people like cell phones weren't really a thing then. Like they kind of were, but not really. And so everyone's just kind of doesn't know what to do next. And (laughs) me and my buddy like look at each other and we're like, well, fuck it. We're already here. Let's see what happens. Right. So we get on the train and we go downtown. No idea what's happening. We're all talking. Everyone on the train's talking and like, did you hear this? And I heard that. And, what do you think is going to happen? Or, you know, do you think they'll go after the Sears Tower, right? Because that's like a big landmark and shit. And um, we get downtown and we get off the train. And there's basically the entire city being evacuated back onto the trains to head south. So we fight through the crowd <laughs> at this point, still thinking that we're going to go to work and he's going to go to school or whatever. Yeah. And are just kind of like, what the fuck? And 
we walk out of LaSalle Street Station and we walk over probably down to like LaSalle and Van Buren. There's an intersection and you see all these people coming through and we keep walking and we go up like about a block and it's like empty, right? Which is weird because you have all these people back here and they're all getting on the train. But like we're off in this other direction, like this kitty corner block and it's empty. And then like a squ- like in in the distance you see like a squad car shoot by with its with its sirens on and like and it just goes by like you know yeah and we're looking around and we're like what the fuck and he goes i don't think i have school today because <laughs> he was he was in school that time and i'm like i don't think i'm gonna have work <laughs> yeah and we kind of look at each other and we start walking back and now there's like this huge throng of people trying to get back on the trains. And we're like, if we had come to this realization five minutes ago, we would have just stayed on the train we were on and we would have been on our way home already. So now we're in this huge mass of people that are trying to be evacuated and we're in the back of the fucking line. So we're just kind of like everyone's saying, oh, I heard this and we're getting new information and you're talking to people. We run into my buddy's cousin, uh, Arnie Bernstein, who's a writer. Check out his books. Uh, he's a nonfiction writer. Um and he was teaching, he was probably teaching in Columbia and he saw us and he kind of hung out with us for the, he, he lived on the South side with us. So he kind of sat with us and it was nice to have like an adult, um, you know, he was my friend's cousin and he was probably about 10 years older than me at the time. He was probably in his early thirties and he kind of like, it was just nice to have like an adult there. Yeah. Cause we, we, you know, you when you're 20 work, years yeah. When you're 20 years old, it's like you're kind of an adult, but you're still very much kind of a kid. And I couldn't get a hold of anybody. Um, I I think I knew my mom was like pretty much. It wasn't like I was worried about anyone's safety or anything. But um, yeah, and we got back south. And I remember I finally got home and I called into work. And at this point, it was probably like 1130 or something. And my boss was like, where are you? And I'm like, dude, I'm at home. And he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I got downtown and they were evacuating and I figured, fuck it. And I came back and he's like, I don't care if, if they're dropping bombs on the fucking city of Chicago. You come into work for your shift. And I was like, what? I'm Every like, are you minimum fucking- wage job ever? <laughs> well, it, here's the thing. It wasn't really a minimum wage job. It, I kind of had a good, a pretty good job. Um, That's even worse. <laughs> yeah. And he was kind and and it's kind of the type of job where somebody has to be there 24 yeah. seven. And, um, I wasn't necessarily required personnel at the time. Um, okay. but it was, he was trying to teach me responsibility. Um, spoiler alert. I ended up going into work the next day, getting yelled at and then quitting on the spot because I was like, fuck this, you know, <laughs> yeah. because, you know, and then going back to school and then having, you know, five years of adventures before I finally went back to, continue on doing what i was already doing at the age of 20 (laughs) um yeah i walked away from this job and was like fuck it went back to school and did all this kind of stuff and then um got older and realized that i needed a grown-up job and went back to the one that i had pre-9-11 so i mean so kind of just like skipping ahead when you talk about like how it affected so that's like the nuts and bolts of what happened i remember that night we all got we got a case of beer and sat in someone's 
backyard and Bush had an address on the radio mm-hmm. and we listened to, uh, and it was, it was September. So it was kind of nice outside. And we sat there and we drank a case of probably like Bud Light or something and listened to him talk about what was going to happen next. And just like, we're like, holy shit. Um, but it was, you know, now as far as like what else happened, um, you know, it was a very, your early twenties are a very confusing time. And a lot of people, that were my my peers like a lot of people joined the military um a lot of people like me like i i quit my job and went back to school it was a wake-up call it, the, there was a, a renewed appreciation for the fragility of life you know where the, right. we really thought this could end at any time like i was i had been dating a girl for four years and she broke up with me you know, because she was like, we could die tomorrow. And she had turned, she had just turned 21. Oh, she wanted to was little. like, yeah. And she was like, I want to do 21 year old things. And, you know, <laughs> life, life could end tomorrow. Oh. And I'm stuck in your basement, your mom's basement, getting high and watching Friday for the 19th time, you know? And, um, that was heartbreaking. So now you're going, and then, and then like fall sets in, right? So there's no yeah. fucking sun. Right. <laughs> it's like starts getting dark all the time. And it was like a very, you know, it, it's funny because you mentioned that everyone was nicer to each other, but it's, we almost had to be because there was this fucking immense melancholy where yeah. like you were just like, it was, it was the fall. There was a lack of sunlight. It was un, we didn't know what was happening next. We knew we were going to war. Right. We we didn't know. There was suddenly this. No one. I mean, I never, I never would even consider being apprehensive about middle people of Middle Eastern descent. I would have never even thought to. I didn't know any racial racial prejudice against um, Muslim people or anything like that. You know, Palestinians, nothing. You know what I mean? Like nothing. You, if anything, it, they were just kind of a, a joke, like a poo on the Simpsons, or something. you know what I mean. Like it, there was no malice. There was no. Right. And suddenly, there's this. There, now we don't like these people, and we and 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 they're yeah. seen as being militant and like all this stuff. And like it was just, it was, it was scary. And and as far as um the conspiracy aspect of it, you know, I don't know when that started to kick in. Yeah, I'm curious about that. Because like I said, for me, it's just kind of something that I always kind of grew up. I mean, it wasn't just my teacher. That wasn't the first, you know, again, that wasn't the first time I'd ever heard that. Um, It was just kind of common knowledge that, you know, we knew or we caused it or we or something, you know, there was always something to it. Well, so Bush being elected in and of itself was kind of hinky because, you know, even though there are kind of these political families throughout American history. You have like the Kennedys and you have the Roosevelt's. Um, the Bush family wasn't exactly the first time that you saw a family get an entire family get involved in politics, but right. it was the kind right. of the first time um, for us. And it was definitely the first time that it was Republican as far as, as far as I would say your average person knew. Right. right. Um, you know, the Kennedys obviously in the sixties, the internet to spread, you know, conspiracy theories and stuff was just kind of a word of mouth thing, or maybe you read it in a book somewhere. I mean, there was internet then it was starting to get big, but it's not like it is, you know, today where, you know, if you had a terrorist attack happen in an hour, you could Google about it and learn about it. And, you know, it wasn't like well, that. Yeah. And George Bush one was already kind of a shady character because of his, the fact that he used to be the director of the CIA and all the Iran Contra shit that happened in the eighties yeah. and when he was a vice president with Reagan. So he was already viewed with a certain amount of, um, 
like just you know he was already kind of a shady character and the fact that his kid now was president and i think that the election was a little bit hinky too where like yeah gore might have gotten the popular vote but didn't get the electoral vote Mm -hmm. like that that, it's so crazy to me that people still bitch about this the electoral college like versus popular vote because we bitch it happens every fucking time and nobody changes it neither party fucking does anything about it so whatever reason this electoral college thing is still in place it's in place for a reason because there's been plenty of there since since fucking 2000 they've been crying to change it and it's been 20 years and they haven't done it guess what they're not gonna fucking do it yeah right so whatever reason that thing's there that thing's there for a reason it ain't going nowhere um but yeah so it was already kind of there was a there was a a decent amount of kind of like distrust of bush and then this happened and we were just kind of like oh shit like it was inevitable like you just kind of knew what was going to happen next like we were going to go back into iraq we're going to go back after saddam hussein and most people weren't very you know up to date with that region and the fucking politics of it so we didn't really fucking know um you know but we just just, not to mention like just like the situation itself, the fact that we were attacked, you know, like war and stuff happens. We were, we were aware of it. I mean, gosh, we had just come off of, you know, Vietnam 20 years earlier. You know, I don't even think it was that long. And, um, you know, the last time we were attacked on our land was what, Pearl Harbor? Right. Well, no, I mean, so Vietnam was – this happened in 2000. So right. Vietnam kind of ended in the mid-70s. So it had been about 25 years. Oh, okay. I thought and, it was I'm not, I'm not a big three person, so. It, no, but, <laughs> you know, it, it was crazy because I remember at one point shortly after 9-11, my mom coming to me and saying, you know, have you thought about enlisting at all? And me being like, of course not. Like, what right. are you talking about? And her being, you know, because I, my dad had been a Vietnam vet and a lot of her friends had been Vietnam vets and Vietnam was kind of the first time that you started hearing people talk about PTSD and the concept of these unjust wars. And it wasn't World War II, you know what I mean? We weren't, we we were kind of, we were fighting for economic reasons and, you know, it was a, it was a lot more stickier of a situation than just, you know putting an end to the concentration camps or getting revenge for Pearl Harbor, right. you know, stopping Hitler spread across, you know, um, Everybody. Europe. <laughs> yeah. Right. So like, right. so Vietnam was something completely different. And, you know, the generation above me, my parents, you know, my mom was very anti-war and even the people, her generation, the guys, her generation that had served came back and were very anti-war. Yeah. Um, so the idea that now nine eleven happened and now we're going to go to war and it's like, well, but wait a minute. Like I was taught my whole entire life that like, you yeah, don't do that, yeah, yeah. but it was different now because, cause like you said, there was an attack on us soil, which was very unprecedented. My mom had right. never seen that. Right. It eclipsed even her generation, exactly. right? It went back to my grandparents' generation or their, you know, that remember Pearl Harbor. Right. Um, so yeah, there was definitely, the world got a lot smaller and there, you know, when when you see an attack on U.S. soil like that, the, you you sort of feel like you almost have to. There isn't even more of motivation to, to pick up arms because you don't know when the next attack on U.S. soil could come. Right. Well, right, because then yeah, everybody feels like they're at they're at risk. I'll say that um, America was was has never been more American than it was for the first year, I think, after 9-11 happened. <laughs> you know, we were so full right. of patriotism and and gusto and being number one. And, you know, we never really saw that. I don't remember anyway, people being that patriotic pre 9-11. I don't know if it was different, but I, I don't well, remember that. 
Well, there was always there like country music always existed, but there was oh, no, no courtesy of the red, white, and blue. Um, <laughs> you know that that was released May twenty seventh, two thousand two. And I got I got to say this: that fucking drummer that was on the train with me that day, we were in a band at the time called Dead by Thirty, and I remember the next band practice, me going in and saying, "Guys, we got to write a nine eleven song." And they're like, what? I'm like, I'm like, I've been working on this. It's called Let's Roll. And it's, um, you know, because the tape had come out with them saying, you know, that the last thing the guy said on the phone, let's roll before United 93 went down or whatever. Yeah. And it was kind of like this buzzword about like um, patriotism and yeah. heroism and all this stuff. And uh, I was like, we got to, we got to fucking do this. So we wrote this song called Let's Roll. And I'm like, we need to, we need to get this out there. Like we need to record this. We need to do it. And we were 20 year old punk rock stoner kids. Like we, we wrote it and we were, we, there was a demo of it. We recorded ourselves playing it and stuff, but we never like went into the studio with it. And then, you know, five months later, Toby Keith does courtesy of the red, white and blue. And that's why, you know, who the fuck Toby Keith is. Because <laughs> Wait, You could have been the next Toby Keith. You fucked up. <laughs> I, I could have look at, no, seriously, look, look at pictures of Toby Keith prior to 9-11 he's got a fucking perm and he's wearing like <laughs> tassels on denim jackets and shit okay. and then he reinvented himself as like this redneck tough guy post 9-11 with that song and fucking made the millions that he's living off of today okay you know the reason what happens in mexico stays in mexico is because of <laughs> money that he fucking made he bankrolls his chips to fucking cabo uh with with the courtesy of the red, white, and blue money. Well, so anyway, let's get into the actual. I want to talk about the actual attacks here, um, because that's where a lot of the. I mean, there's a lot in the political world to go back on to kind of support some of these theories. But obviously, it started because with just the general attacks, things weren't like adding up. So, so we had the we had the two planes, you know, that hit the World Trade Center, um, and I mean, gosh, it took like it was like an hour and a half that they were, you know, burning or whatever, and they were trying to get people out and then it, you know, it, it collapsed. So, I mean, let's um, start there. There is a, I, I want to make a small mention of this. There is a picture of what people claim to be the Mothman flying around the World Trade Center. Have you seen this picture? No. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll share it when I share the podcast. Yeah. It's a picture of what is supposedly the Mothman um, flying around the trade center, uh, the World Trade Center. Um, the day that this happened <laughs> I don't prior know. prior to the crashes or during the crashes prior right right before the crashes happened early that morning um there's a there's a picture of you know what appears to be some huge bird you know coming around around in the corner there of one of the world train centers i'll have to find the picture i don't know you know i will have to say i don't want to give it any credit because i don't know if it's been proven a hoax or anything like that um but but that's you know one theory that i've heard that the mothman was seen and you know so he could have been that that omen again of course um but I'd, I'd get in trouble if i didn't talk about that so i wanted to make mention of it <laughs> i'm aware Fair enough. <laughs> but Fair anyway enough. so the train or the trains the planes hit the uh the the towers right and it takes them a while and they collapse and that's kind of where the first piece of the conspiracy pie starts you know that's the first bite is that when people say that those towers collapsed it was not possible for them to collapse the way that they did um with just a fire and i've looked a little bit into it there's been plenty of people that have been able to debunk the you know jet fuel doesn't you know melt steel beams or whatever um you know but i will say when you do look i mean just 
simply look <laughs> at the collapse of the buildings and you compare it to the collapse during a fire and compare it to a collapse during a controlled demolition, it it looks like the demolition. I mean, it doesn't look natural. And, um, you know, that was kind of the first thing. And then, it, you know, while this is happening, um, Building 7 goes down. And I really have a hard time ex- getting that one explained away. Um, you know, of course, there's some type of science to it, I guess. But that part bugs me. <laughs> so Building 7 was like the office park building yeah. that was adjacent to the area. It wasn't, right? It wasn't like attached. You know, they weren't actually right. attached to each other. So, and that one just... It wasn't on, I don't, I don't believe it wasn't on fire or anything. It just all of a sudden it, it was going down and it was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and, you know, people took note of that. And they're like, well, what the hell? Was there a bomb in there? You know, people question that. Was there a bomb in there, you know, that the terrorists brought with them or, you know, nobody really understood what was going on there. And then, um, you know, and then you had the other two planes that aren't so much talked about. You got the Pentagon plane that you know mm-hmm. hit the pentagon and you know people make make note of just very simple things like when you look at the hole that the plane went through it's not as big as a plane it's just right. not now they say you know what they say is that the plane while it was crashing hit the ground with one of its wings and the wing tore off and then the other wing was torn off because the pentagon was under construction and it hit some beam or pillar or something and was snapped off that way but you don't like you've i've seen the video like you can now see the video and stuff of this happening in the pictures and you don't see that happening you'll just all of a sudden see this plane appear and that's it that's all you see and maybe it moves too fast for you to notice but you know that is that that's that's uh that's weird (laughs) and then flight 93 has a whole you know that was the one that was in the pennsylvania field Right. I don't remember where it was heading to. I don't I don't even know if they knew where it was heading to. Um but that one has a just a whole nother everything behind it. I mean there was like pieces of it. There's still been pieces of it being found to this day. And there's been pieces of it that have been found like three hundred miles away from the crash site. And that's far, you know, which granted, you know, with science and, and physics and all that, it's possible. Um but then there's like question of whether or not I think flight 93 was the one maybe it was the Pentagon flight where they were calling their family members and they were like, hey, yeah, no, that was that one. And it was headed in the direction of Washington, D.C. And uh, okay. they well, thought that the that intended target was the U.S. Capitol building. OK. And then and they didn't make it. Yeah. Well, and then the phone calls were weird because it's like, you know, you got if if somebody that if my best friend calls me she's going to be like, Hey, I'm going to die. I love you. And that's it. And she's going to call the next person. She's not going to be like, you know, Hey, it's me, Tiffany Adams, you know? And 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 that's how the phone calls went. They would state like their first and last name. And it was bizarre. And then like things that shouldn't have existed. Like I think that the uh, black box didn't survive flight 93, but like their passports and stuff did. That could be freak science. It really could be, um, you know, but just a lot of it was was weird. It just a lot of just that those small little tidbits um, were very strange. Now, not all of that even adds up to a to a planned attack by the U.S. I do have a hard time drawing those those lines because like, 
what gain would they have to have the family members call? Those people died regardless, you know what? (laughs) And, you know, what gain would they have by preserving? I guess what they're trying to say is that, well, what I've, I've seen claims that like flight 93 stopped somewhere and they, they switched planes. They let everybody off the plane, switch planes and, and then took off and crashed with nobody on it. But I, I just – Well, I, why would you do that? Because you're letting all the people up. Obviously, they killed them. I mean, they're not alive somewhere. Right. I mean, right. That that would that would be a lot of work to, to get into. So, I mean – why, But why, why would you get the people off the planes? Right. Why would you? Right. I mean, yeah, that, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, the, the hijackers and stuff, you know, hijackers going on suicide missions, that shit happens all the time. You know, we see that happen. But why would they have any regard for human life after you know, they're, they're willing to give up their own <laughs> – for whatever reason and so you know you're right i mean i agree with that those things don't add up but then other things like i said the just the buildings collapsing the towers collapsing by themselves anyway was weird the the you know building seven blowing up was weird the pentagon uh mathematics (laughs) doesn't make sense um but why you know but but again what you're implying with the pentagon crash is that there was no plane at all that ever hit it well then what happened to the plane and all the people in the plane you know that just doesn't and, and what they they created right. a bomb that was also able to explode airplane pieces all over the place i mean because <laughs> there were <laughs> i don't know I, I don't i don't understand that part you know but the politics behind it is a little scary like um the one thing i was reading about was about the uh like in regards to like the money and, and what the advantage could be so you know a lot of people um were there's like something in the stock market where you can like place a bet on whether or not stocks are going to like plummet or or rise and then like you you can win money based on that and a lot of people a bet against air the american airlines and they made a lot of money i mean it was almost a five million dollar payout the very next day because it plummeted and um you know so that's interesting and then you know the, the they say that the owner of the world trade center um can't remember his name took out a huge insurance policy on the building right before this happened you know <laughs> I'm not one to believe in coincidences much. So right. there is something well, there. And we, we were looking for reasons to invade Iraq for a long time. And we we do have a track record of having this fight with them over this big pipeline that we wanted to put, put in there. And, um, you know, so there's motive. There is motive, you know. And then they just, you know, I don't give any credit to George Bush's reaction, how he didn't really react. I mean, let's be honest. George W. is is dumb. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't expect more from the guy. But, or any less from the guy, rather. But, you know, so those things, you know, that's kind of, when I look at a conspiracy, I have to look at the motivation behind the conspiracy. So, I mean, what what would the motive be? Um, but you you know a lot more about that time because you were actually you know kind of active in it <laughs> as an adult than I was. I mean, I just know I just can just go off of what I can read on the internet. <laughs> right. I didn't care about um, politics then. You know, I think that what was interesting about that was that almost immediately, um, people kind of started to think that there was bullshit surrounding the whole event right not necessarily that it didn't happen i mean like i i didn't really 
as far as how I prepared for today's show, I didn't really get into the individual um, theories because there's so fucking many of there's them. So there is, yeah, right. And like the thing is, is like I'm not gonna sit here and I. I the thing is, I'm not a scientist. Like I don't know. Same. Like yeah. I, you know, I, I've I've heard arguments for everything. I've heard arguments that it was a fucking hologram, all this stuff, and you know that it was cruise missiles. It was this. It was, you know, there was that there were drone piloted or all this stuff. Um, I don't know, but I know that like when it happened within a very short period of time, um, people kind of started to be like bullshit and there was no outrage. There was no, um, you know, it's one thing to suggest that those people didn't die. Because, like, you know you know that the towers collapsed. Like, there's no fucking making that up. Right. They're not like, those people, <laughs> Right. Those, so those people in those fucking towers died. Right. No one's de- debating that. People want to argue about the, uh, the, 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 the plane manifests and, like, that's okay. You know, um, it's not – I don't think anyone takes that too, too seriously. I don't know. Maybe some people do. But definitely not the same way that, like, people – treat sandy hook truthers right people that think that like those those things are like false flag operations they're like try to take our guns even though hello i i haven't i don't see any of that really going on right right um yeah exactly (laughs) very much very much not so so like i don't um but what's interesting is I kind of so I I, had, I brought up in our show notes the documentary Loose Change, yeah. which I haven't seen in years. I'm sh- I'm sure I saw it when it came out. I'm sure I was over at a fucking party at somebody's house on a Wednesday night and we fucking watched Loose Change. <laughs> that's yeah. Uh, that's how you know I watched I mean? Fahrenheit 9/11. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's another good one too yeah. because that was you know that was Michael Moore was an established filmmaker. He had just yeah. done Bowling for Columbine. No one knew who the fuck Michael Moore was and. Boeing for or Fahrenheit 9-11 doesn't really suggest that there's too much of a cons- – it's not suggesting that the attacks didn't happen or that the overall narrative is um, incorrect or misleading. What Fahrenheit 9-11 kind of does is um, creates – you know, kind of – lambast the united states government for creating the this perfect storm where something like this could happen yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it says if we take if we take the the uh story about 9-11 at face value mm-hmm. here's what it says about our foreign policy here's what it says about the bush's relationship with the saudis here's what it says about the way that we our, our relationship and dependency on foreign oil um all of this stuff right mm-hmm. and that was what his kind of documentary was about. And that came out in 2004. So that's fucking three years later, two years later. And that was hugely popular. And the only reason he, he didn't win the Oscar for that is because he sacrificed the chance for it to be in the running for the Oscars so that it would air on broadcast TV ahead of the 2004 elections. Right. Because that's how bad he wanted to get Bush out. Right. Right. It uh, obviously didn't work. So, like, there – it was interesting to me, like how this was such a huge traumatic event, and yet almost immediately, it, it, there was kind of this huge swell of public consciousness that was like "fuck Bush," yeah, and "fuck fuck Cheney," and "fuck this whole regime," and this this whole war's bullshit, and we're going over blah 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 blah. Even though this traumatic fucking event had happened on you, we had been attacked. Even people were like, yeah, well, that's still the fucking government's fault. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, even if that attack was 100% legit, even though there was not, even if, you know, we didn't know it was going to happen, you know, you know, Hey, there was blind spots in our intelligence. Hey, we were too stupid to fucking read the briefs. Hey, we, uh, you know, we, we didn't give these people enough credit. We, we miss, we, we under underestimated their malice towards us, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, I mean, there was the, the anti-war movement back then was was fucking huge. The shit that you see now with the protests and the marches and stuff was happening back then. You know what I mean? I, I saw that here in Chicago, them shutting down Michigan Avenue, them shutting down Lakeshore Drive because okay. saying we're not going to go to war. We are not going to war over this. And we went anyway. Was and we're still there. I didn't realize was even a thing honestly well i i mean i i grew up in a pretty liberal city i mean we're still we're chicago and we're you know there's definitely a lot of conservative people and i think the culture's changed over you know the past 20 years but especially back then um you know there was there was a huge there was rock against bush you know no effects did that whole thing where they 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 drew they tried the punk vote you know um all these things, all these movements, these youth movements to kind of galvanize the youth to vote them out. And it still never happened because then the sec 2004 election happened and it was still, you know, electoral college versus popular vote and fucking Bush won. Yeah. The 2004, um, the 2004 election was the first one that I really paid attention to. Gosh, I was young. I mean, I was 13. So I, of course I didn't really know exactly, you know, what was going on. All I knew was that every fucking person hated Bush. (laughs) But like, apparently not, because he right. won the fucking election. Because he still won. He got a second term. And just everybody was so shocked about it. And and it was just such a big, I mean, kind of, I mean, I, you can't even, I can't even compare it to the 2016 election. Because I because I remember, you know, where, you know, people crying and stuff because Trump got elected. I, I remember the Bush thing being a lot bigger than that. I mean, people were very upset. People are like, this is obviously rigged. <laughs> Right. Well, that's the thing. I don't think anyone really thought that Trump was rigged. I think... Um, no, they just lost their faith in, in humanity at that point. They're like, oh. Right. I think that was more... People <laughs> were more dismayed that, yeah. um, you know, s- someone of that type of character could be elected. Even if... Even get that I mean, far. I mean, God. <laughs> yeah, they could get that far. But I don't know. I know that's a different topic for a different show. I don't think he thought he was going to get that far. <laughs> Um, that's i refer to trump all the time he's like trump is a fucking living meme he trolled everybody and he didn't know what to do with it now here he is (laughs) but either way yeah with Bush, i mean with bush you're coming off of that you know the war you have the war going on and you're coming off of this you know the big the big terrorist attack and you know ever i think just everybody was just blown away i mean i think it was so obvious that something else had to have been up at that point i I feel like people realized how much power we really didn't have over our own lives you know what i mean i think it was a big eye-opener but again you know this is coming from the perspective of a 13 year old you know so i don't know well no you kind of there's there's certain things that you just always assume are going there's constants that you assume are going to stay constant you always assume that wars are going to be fought on foreign soil right and that you know you can you can get on a plane or you can go to work in a in a in a downtown you know tower and and be relatively safe that you can you know do all these things and not have to worry about yourself or the safety of your family or anything and stuff like that happens and it's like you know yeah it's there's a seismic shift in like fucking consciousness and it it, it, it ushered in some very fucking dark times you know 
And you can kind of look back at it, and this is something that I kind of threw out on my Twitter. If you look at, like, culture, just where we were before and after. Yeah. You know, like, when that happened, I mean, I was 20 years old. It was all about fucking rave music and, like, like pop punk. Like, punk was, like, super popular. Hot Topic was, like, there. Like, you can go to the sh- – for the first time, you could go to the mall and, like, buy, like, a Misfits t-shirt. Yeah. Or, like, a Black Flag t-shirt. And, like, I remember that. As, yeah. uh, that was my yeah, someone, age, so I understand. <laughs> yeah, but as, as someone that grew up, like, in the 90s, not saying we didn't, didn't have our problems in the that. 90s. Columbine happened in the 90s. Yeah. Um. That happened my senior year in high school. And those were like the punk kids. It was a, I, you know, a very counterculture then. I mean, Right. And that, that was like the dark side of counterculture. But there was a lot of light side of counterculture. Like the, the drug of choice was ecstasy. Yeah. You know, like, and, and that it was all about dancing and like, you know, techno hippies and raves and DJs and all this kind right. of shit. And it was a very good time. It was a, it was things were kind of moving in the right direction and it was cool. And then this happens and you're like, Oh shit. And it reflects everything. You know, the music is now like fucking pro. So, you know, not, there's anything wrong with being pro military, but like, you know, the games are all first person shooters now. And the music is all, you know, this fucking like rap metal, like God smack fucking shit you know and like just wow, everything god smack under the bus <laughs> i don't know why i could why i pulled them on my ass but i did fuck them <laughs> write us a letter tell us why you don't like it it's you know official. find us on twitter <laughs> but uh you know but it's just it, everything got darker and everything got you know that's just kind of where the culture went like and i feel like right before then you know, it was like Fight Club. We were all about like destroying materialism and like fucking do whatever you want and well, I think all you're this right. stuff. I think that we kind of have gotten into it because we were kind of on the right track as moving towards a more, I don't want to say peaceful existence, but, you know, I feel like we were, I feel like we would learn a lesson and we would actually learn from it and then, you know, grow. I don't feel like we do that now. I feel like we get stuck in the cycle of like, we'll grow for a second and then, and then we're done with it. And then we're back to square one, probably even further back sometimes. (laughs) And, you know, that's why we're seeing like repeats of like the protests and things going on right now. And, you know, it's ridiculous compared to like, you know, they had the race riots in the nineties and I mean, it had a, it did have a big impact and, you know, here we are. Well, earlier in California, that wasn't really all over the place though. I mean, that was, that was in response to the Rodney King shit. You know, right. and like in the in the early early nineties, um, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go on. No, I'm sorry. It was <laughs> I was doing it. It's okay. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. I, well, I was just saying, like, it's kind of put us into this weird because I think like we we went through nine eleven and we all had that sense of solidarity together. And like I said, for about a good year, everything was good, and then it wasn't again. And I think it kind of instead of humbling us it, it kind of backfired and it was like well fuck man we made it through a terrorist attack fuck it you know and then like you said everything just kind of got weirdly darker but not in the good dark you know <laughs> and so I, I feel like that's i feel like we just refuse to to learn now i don't know but you yeah, know i think part of the reason that so many people are so willing to hang a conspiracy on um on that day is because in retrospect, if you look at the ripples that it caused, our our culture, yeah. our, our our species, um, it's it, it's such a negative. Nothing good came of it, and yeah. it's such a, it's it's such a bomb of negativity right. that we almost want to 
say that there was some kind of cabal of e- evil men that put the fucking that put the but- figure on the tra- on the button. You know what I mean? That pushed the button. Yeah. Well, and and caused it. And and that all of this because otherwise, you know, it's some people find comfort in that stuff because even if it means that there's like a cabal of ev- evil men, at least there's some sense of order to it all. Right. It makes some type Other- of Right. Otherwise, it's just no. Like these fucking thirteen crazy motherfuckers got together and made this shit happen. Yeah. And and our our government wasn't willing, and they weren't complicit. They were just that inept to deal with it that they were able to the things that we had in place at the time uh-huh. exposed us to this kind of stuff. Right. And the fact that we have all these other things that came in like after the fact, like the Patriot Act, and like all the shit that Snowden uncovered with Carnivore and all this other stuff, like all of that. You know, people say, oh, well, you know, they the reason the 9-11 happened is because usher in this new era of increased security that we would willingly accept because we want to prevent tax attacks like that from happening yeah. in the future. But it's like maybe it's not even that malicious. Maybe that's just the way that we are is that, yeah, we got so scared that we did willingly give up freedom and we didn't have to be manipulated. Right. You know what I mean? Something we we created an environment where we were shitty to people in another country and we fucked with our foreign policy was to fuck with these people, manipulate their governments and take what we fucking want from them. All right. Yeah. And we got a little bit of a taste of our own medicine. Yeah. And for those of us that spent our whole lives living in America, we have a very skewed perception of how the majority of human beings on this planet live. Yeah. Okay. True. And we got a little bit of taste of what it was like to be in the fucking third world country. Yeah. For one and it, it it fucking and our spoiled asses lost our shit. Yeah, you know. Well, and just like we're, I mean, we're doing it. I mean, it's so it's crazy that you know we're we're talking about this now and here in the year of twenty twenty and the coronavirus because we're seeing that repeated again. Really, we're, we are seeing that history go go through itself again, and it's like you know we've got this cycle of. You know, it, it possibly could have been the government and the point of it was to gain some type of control over us at the same time, even if it wasn't the government, the policies being put in place are still being used to somehow manipulate and control us. And, you know, it's just, you know, again, we obviously didn't learn anything. <laughs> we really didn't. Um, one thing that I, I wanted to mention and I wanted to point out um, just because I thought it was really interesting and I'll, I'll post some links, but um, while researching for the episode, one of the things that I had come across and was reading about was actually um, like uh, the, the not survivors, but the families, the surviving families of the people that died during the 9-11 attacks, um, how some of them don't think that they, they do think that they do buy into the conspiracies. And I thought that was a really interesting take on it um, because, you know, they, they obviously, I mean, they have a horse in the race to believe it or not, you know? <laughs> and well, 3000 people died. I'm sure you're going to get at least seven that think that it was a fucking, you know, I mean, that doesn't, that yeah. doesn't mean. <laughs> I'm, not, no, I'm, not saying it, I'm not saying it means anything. It's, it's just right. an interesting take on the topic because people don't, you know, that is one thing that, you know, when these events and stuff like that happen, you know, just again, back to the coronavirus, we have, you know, almost 190,000 people have died from it. You and I can't perceive that number. That's too many people. We have no idea. We've never seen 190,000 right. people in one sitting. And, you know, that's it's one thing that people don't seem to remember in these big life changing events is that, you know, we forget that these are p- still people at the end of the day. And so that's how it's easy for people to kind of throw out throw around theories like like a hologram or you know people weren't really on the planes or whatever um you know because you know again i said at the beginning and i'll say it now it doesn't matter the how or the what or the why it's still happening these people still died and um you know reading the the surviving family members and kind of their thoughts on it just really kind of 
brings you back to that and it calms you down. It does calm you down a little bit from being like, oh, the fucking government did this and they suck. You know, it, it makes you have to kind of stop and, and think and, and process, you know, what actually happened that day. And um, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. It really is. I think it's really interesting. Can we talk about that one bitch for a minute? Do you remember that? The lady that claimed that her husband or fiance or whatever died at the tower and that never really happened? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. Please don't get me. <laughs> There's this lady that started a whole big like victims organization for for you know surviving family members of people that died at the ta- at the twin towers, and she says that her fiance died, and she had this whole big sob story about how he called her before he jumped out of the window, and or maybe he didn't jump, maybe he burned up or something like that, and then you know people kind of unraveled this lady's story and like come to find out it, it never happened. She never even lived in New York. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure there's there's people that do that shit with fucking everything. There's so many whack jabs out there. It's crazy. Right. That's crazy. I mean, that's, you know, that is an actual conspiracy. I mean, she conspired uh, to make this whole fake account just for, I don't know, clout? Money? Uh, money, probably. I mean, if there was. There was. You know, yeah, she definitely made a lot of money, but she's like the most hated. I think she's still alive. She's like the most hated person in America. Um, I'll have to find her and, and post that. I'm going to have to post a lot of links with this one. But yeah. um. One one thing I wanted to, I wanted to talk about, which uh, is kind of like why how this whole came up is we were talking about Vietnam and JFK last episode, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and post show I had brought up Operation Northwoods, yeah, which you you were not immediately familiar with, and it was a good uh, excuse for me to do some research. Um, for those of you that don't know, Operation Northwoods was a proposed false flag operation against the Cuban government uh, back in the sixties, and a lot of people attribute uh the jfk assassination to him um nixing this uh this was a it was a false flag operation was supposed to happen what we were going to do was um the cia and other u.s government operatives were going to commit acts of terrorism against american and civilian targets and blame them on the cuban government to justify a war against cuba uh the possibilities detailed in the document include uh Sinking of boats of Cuban refugees on the high seas, hijacking planes to be shot down or given the appearance of being shot down, blowing up a U.S. ship, or orchestrating violent terrorism in U.S. cities. The proposals were eventually rejected by President John F. Kennedy in 1962. Um, He then fired Alan Dulles from the CIA. And then, of course, he was assassinated in 1963. And who did they hire to do the Warren Commission and investigate the Kennedy assassination? But Alan Dulles, who he had fired from the CIA a year before. So uh, when they did the uh, a bunch of Kennedy documents, finally came to light in 1997. So a lot of the stuff was locked down for like 30 years for some reason for national security. All of these came to light in 1997, um, and. But as you probably know, with like all the UFO shit, just because the ban on that stuff gets lifted doesn't mean it gets published in the New York Times. Right. It it just means that now people can request this inf- the, these files, right? It's like but a they way still of disclosing ha- information without actually coming out and admitting to guilt or or anything, or you know, trying to kind of secretly have it come out is easier because then at the end of the day they could be like, "Well, we told you," you know. Yeah, it was it was public information, but right. who's going through this stuff, right? Right. Who's sitting there and writing a Freedom of Information Act request from the fucking government right. for these files and then 
sitting there and reading through 1,200 pages of something, finding something worthwhile, and then they take that and they have to hound somebody at the New York Times to do a story on it. It's a big fucking to-do. So basically, even though all this stuff was released to the public in 1997, nobody – and this – let this fucking sink in. So Operation Northwoods, we were going to fucking orchestrate attacks on U.S. soil right. and blame it on the Cubans so we had an excuse to go to war with Cuba mm-hmm. and drive away the Russians and avoid, you know, stop the spread of communism, right? This is fucking, this was a plan that the CIA had. This is real. Right. This is not debatable. This is 100% real. Kennedy fucking absolutely threw it out the window boom assassinated a year later maybe there's a connection maybe there's not whatever right and this was real this information was released to the public in 1997 nobody finds it until 2001 it takes four years for people to get off there because once again no one's being paid to sit there and read every document that they fucking that they release right you got to request it you got to know that it's there almost you gotta be know what you're looking for so um yeah, so this this whole thing comes out. So this that's another reason why people um there's a lot of people that like when they hear that it's like Jesus, we were talking about orchestrating 9/11 type events back in 1962. Right. Exactly. I mean so, there's no question on, on on us doing some shady shit to manipulate So the idea that it might take 39 years and, and two bushes in the White House for us to finally pull the trigger on it and use these uh you know, use this playbook that was already written. You know, and when, especially when you consider that Bush's dad ran the CIA for fucking years. So, I mean, I get why people, people fucking smell a rat with this. Right. Um, the people that, that some of the more woo woo ideas about holograms and, you know, the plane, the passengers never existed in the first place. I mean, I don't know. That's some crazy shit. But look what happened. Like, what was it? Like two, three years ago, all those Malaysian flights fucking went missing. It was yes. like two two in the course of a month. That was that something was, I was thinking about um, when I was doing the research for it. I was like, man, we should really talk about the Malaysian flight that went missing. Because that's fucking like, nobody still knows what happened with right, that shit. No nobody idea. fucking cares. <laughs> no nobody idea. Fucking cares. <laughs> no, right? No. Like, I cared. I cared for a little bit. And then the second one happened, and I was like, Jesus Christ, it happened two in a row. And then something, who knows, another fucking MCU, another Marvel movie came out, and that's all I cared right. about. Right. Yeah, and you, you know? just move on. You just move on with life. You know, you're just like, yeah. you know, unless like, I didn't nobody on those flights. It's not like I lost my uncle on Malaysian flight. Fucking whatever, whatever. <laughs> well, right. I mean, yeah, it's one of those things. You just kind of, life goes on, and, you know, you just kind of accept. I mean, there's so much mystery that we most of the time just kind of accept. I'll just never know. You know, we don't have a lot of people that's out there, you know, putting in the, the groundwork to find out you don't have people digging up declassified records on things and or even know that they can do that you know that that's a possibility but yeah i mean i agree you know the stuff like the like the hologram theory and all that i mean at the end of the day it it does hurt the truth um because you know when somebody sits down and is like hey 9-11 was an inside job automatically people usually go to the first extreme and the first extreme is like you know the, the holograms or the fake planes or whatever and the, and automatically credibility is gone you know it, it, it hurt just like i talk about that with like the bigfoot hoaxes all the time um you know it hurts it hurts it hurts the study a lot and um you know is it fun to think that that's a possibility sure you know because it's just so fucking out there that there's you know that's one of those things that's it's so far out there that it's not a possibility in my mind <laughs> but you know then we do have real things um like like operation northwoods that like i said i've I've never heard of this you know i've been doing i've been 
looking into conspiracy theories, I've been a, that's been a big thing for me for many years and I've never heard of this. And, um, you know, that could really, I mean, that could really change a lot of people's minds right there. And, um, you know, it's, it, but instead we're flooded with all this dumb shit that doesn't add anything to the narrative. <laughs> right. really does it. The, well, and then I want to talk about briefly, um, <clears throat> the, um, Osama bin Laden murder, right? So, or, you know, whatever we, we, we caught him and we killed him. And, um, you know, people aren't really sure if that's the case. People aren't really sure if he actually was even responsible for any of this because he had said multiple times that he was not. And, and that was a big, you know, Bin Laden was a big thing. You know, we had those, um, at that time, you know, we had the uh, viral video of the beheading going on, you know, that was, that was big. And, um, you know, he was constantly, you know, showing up with his videos and stuff, but you know, people, he's maintained that he, he's, he has said out of his mouth that, um, you know, America's just trying to put it on him. He wasn't involved in this. Then again, kind of like we talked about earlier with all the people in jail, you know, he didn't steal those TVs. <laughs> so, <Right. laughs> you know, it, it makes sense. But then, you know, then, then we have Obama and Obama's kind of struggling with presidency. And so, you know, Obama does a big thing. He ends the war and he kills bin Laden. But there's no video. There's no whereas like um Saddam Hussein, right. we have we have the video of his hanging. You can watch him hang. There's not a right. single picture of bin Laden dead. You know. But they said they took one, but we've never seen it. Well, why not? Yeah, that I mean that that to me seemed like obviously. What are you gonna show me the fucking body? Oh right. You know what I mean? Like that seems like a no brainer. That seems like something that people would want to see. And what what oh what kind of is the most telling to me when something like that happens is that yeah people like me and you are like well where's the video and then we look around us and no one else is really asking where the video is so we just kind of shrug and go about our business (laughs) am i the only person wants to see the video Uh, apparently so all right cool (laughs) (laughs) if you guys aren't worried about it you know what i guess i'm not worried about it either you know i guess you don't understand that big things going around with that guy's suicide video not not everybody wants to see all that but like i I want the i want the receipts you know i want the proof (laughs) well yeah for me it's not about having like a death fetish i mean it's not like you know like i'm all about faces of death and e-bombs world and i want to see this shit for me it's like this this is a pivotal figure in fucking american history yeah and we just got to text message that he's dead like oh okay and we're and there's no there's no really there's no proof we don't get to see it we don't get to hear anything more about it it's all very secret because it's a top secret operation okay but like literally your word is the only word that we have right and can we get like other did other sources confirm did like al jahir like news network did they go on and like were they like nope he's still now granted there's no more bin Laden videos coming out so maybe that's a little bit telling if he if he wasn't really killed and he was just but then maybe they went to him with a deal and said you know hey look we're gonna kill you we're gonna kill you off the writers are gonna kill you off you just need to fucking lay low well, and stay dead, and we'll give you a dialysis machine. And, and it's and not like fucking we Xbox haven't and, given clemency to war criminals before. We fucking hired Japanese's, you know, head scientists for their fucking experimental human experimentation unit for World War II. We gave, we were like, hey, you come work for us. We won't talk about this ever again. We'll actually help you cover it up. And, and and you just work for us and he did. oh yeah paperclip we do that with the germans too obviously right we you know. do, right we do that kind of shit all the time so it's like it wouldn't it's not too far you know again just like op, you know operation northwoods it's not out of the realm of possibility that we would do some, sh- some <sighs> shady shit like that you know so it's like 
yeah, and that's and that's the problem. I think is that like when they do the shady shit, there there's already. I feel like the 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 burden of proof is now kind of on the government moving forward. Is that right. like, you know? But I once again going back to those Malaysian flights, I just remember like that happening and looking around and like people like nobody seemed they're like yeah that's kind of weird and that's <laughs> kind of weird yeah. kind of weird how is this not a plane fucking disappeared yeah filled with people it's gone yeah <laughs> and over over land for the most part i mean there was a little bit of i know the okay. flight the flight path there was a little bit of water but i mean it wasn't like it was complete it wasn't like flying from like ireland to the united to boston or something and you know it was over the uh, atlantic ocean the whole time i mean how many people fit on a plane do you know do you know what a plane's capacity is i don't i more than nine i don't know a couple hundred right 200 or something depending on how big it is probably probably 200 at the most but but let's just say 50 people wrong it's fucking 50 people that just disappeared out of nowhere in a single in in one sweep you know gone (laughs) and nobody's nobody's like nobody cares like you said it just kind of was it happened and now it's done and Nobody's ever talked about it again. Will we talk about it again in the future in fucking 30 years when we get some declassified uh, information? Maybe. <laughs> right. You know, who knows? It is such a bizarre. I mean, and, and again, just like the, you know, the Bin Laden thing. It's just we were like, oh, hey, he's dead now. And that was it. That's all you ever heard about it. Ever again. It was done. It was over. You know, the, oh. the war on terror was over. It was all done from that point. It was weird. <laughs> yeah. It's just well, it's, and, but at the same time, we're still over there. But the, you needed to you needed to wrap up that. Um, yeah, yeah, you needed to wrap up that plot line. You know what I mean? That storyline. That storyline was dangling, and it was like, look, this is going to go on forever. We need some kind of closure. We don't necessarily have to pull every single U.S. troop out, but we can't just have this thing be ongoing. We need to show results. So let's just do this and. Now, you know, but there's still people over there. That hasn't I mean, that's fucking how ended. it all feels for me. When I first, I saw the first Lord of the Rings movie, and I was probably like 11 or 12, and uh, I didn't realize that it was part of a book series. I didn't realize that it was going to be the first in a series of movies. And when it ended, I was like, what? And that's how I feel with all this. <laughs> Just fucking totally lost because there's no closure to it. It's it's odd. It's a weird feeling. And it was such a large event that that kicked off this series of events that were so big and so notable and they're in our history books now and it's you know it's it's a big fucking deal and everybody was just kind of like eh okay it's time to go on to the next thing here here here's some covid <laughs> that was it right and now well, we're on to the next thing you know going going back to something you said earlier about um about people's reaction to uh the whole 9-11 thing and, and being paranoid of the government. Mm-hmm. I remember when, uh, just a couple months ago, when COVID first started and everybody was absolutely terrified about the National Guard coming in yeah, and, you know, martial, martial law, law. Yep. <laughs> and all of this stuff. And, and, and you know, this is, they're, they're trying to lock us down and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And, you know, um, I, I belong to like some neighborhood facebook groups and and the neighbors app and stuff like that yeah yeah and hearing everybody that lives around me my neighbors and the people that are as close to being my peers as you could get you know we we live in the same area we work in the same area we own land in the same area these are legitimately my peers these are my countrymen um on a very local sense and these people's biggest concern during the initial covid um pandemic those opening months was the you know the the presence of the national guard or the federal government stepping in to um, 
kind of quote like you know under the pretense of protecting people but actually taking away more of their rights and locking them down and doing all this stuff and that was the narrative for the first couple months and then um the civil unrest started happening yeah and suddenly they wanted the national guard brought in right (laughs) suddenly they wanted they were like fuck mayor lightfoot she doesn't know what she's doing chicago's out of control yeah Trump should send in the fucking the, the government. We yeah. want troops. That's what he should do. We need to clean up the city. We need to clean up these neighborhoods. The only way to do it is to send in federal troops. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, fucking, you know, 30 days ago. Right. This is the thing that you didn't want. <laughs> and now 30 days later, because you're more afraid of fucking black people than germs. Yeah. This is the thing that you want more than anything. <laughs> To make up your and, yeah. and it isn't and, and it's the fact that these people like there's no even recognition yeah that you're like what the amount of hypocrisy that you're exhibiting right now like there's no because it's two different things they don't understand that like the, the result that they were fucking terrified for just kind of got repackaged and reserved to them and now they can't get enough of it i mean I, I will admit that i go a little crazy sometimes on the internet with different, uh, you know, comment sections and things like that, because it, it drives me nuts, you know, because that's one thing that I've preached. It's actually the thing that we talked about in our first episode together was, you know, whatever your theories are, they all have to work together. Otherwise, they don't right. work. None of them work, you know. <laughs> and so, you know, you're wrong then. And none of these fucking theories work together. And it's like, and I'm trying to constantly point this out to people. And it's like, and then I've got people like people in my close life that are like, mad at me because like i'm the big weirdo you know so surely i'll believe in in their bullshit that they're feeding me and i don't i'm like no (laughs) you're you're way off but then again my mom's a microbiologist so you know i'm not gonna i'm just i can't buy into that shit you know but it's just it, it is wild to me like how people just take a certain narrative and run with it regardless of whether they're right and wrong regardless of what the facts are and it's just it doesn't make just like global warming okay global warming people say is is created by by liberals to get some type of control everything is created by liberals to get control but global warming and it's like so a a global problem is controlled by one section of government in in a single country it just doesn't it doesn't make any people are nuts these people are insane (laughs) and i will buy a good conspiracy any day of the week again i am on the side that 9-11 is an inside job you know i that's i mean there you go i think that we did it somehow we we had enough motive to do it i i don't know if we're the ones that actually did it or if we just weren't we just didn't stop it either way i feel like we're responsible um but you know it wasn't fucking holograms it wasn't you know right the coronavirus is real you know or whatever it's just it's it's wild and um but that's the hard part of getting into conspiracy theories is that you know you've got so many outlandish claims now we've got plenty that have been real maybe we'll do a whole episode on that coming up um conspiracy theories that were proven to be to be real because you know that that is interesting. Yeah, you brought that up before. I think that's a good one. Yeah, I think that would be that would be really interesting to talk about. Um, you know, because there are there is some truth to some of this. We don't know everything, obviously. We're not meant to know everything. 
as far as like big government and the world and you know stuff like that goes we're just regular ass people like <laughs> we don't matter <laughs> you know? and so you know of course there's a lot of secrecy and stuff going on is it always something major like alien bodies at the air force museum no probably not i mean it's probably much more simple than that um but is it as simple as weather balloons probably not no <laughs> I just talked about like six things at once. I'm impressive. (laughs) (laughs) And they all somehow relate. I mean, they relate because they all follow that same weird narrative, but I don't know, you know, at the end of the day, Pat, what do you think? Do you think the nine 11 was a, was caused by us or ignored by us rather? Um, or maybe used it to, you know, once it happened to gain further for other shady shit. I think that, I, well, okay, there's there's two ways I look at it. I entirely believe that it was a byproduct of just incompetence. Knowing what I know about uh, the government and um, the way big institutions work and the way big institu- b- different departments of big institutions don't work together. Yeah. Um, I see that in my, my, day, my day-to-day life. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that this could have just been um, people not doing their job, people not communicating, yeah. uh, department rivalries, you know what I mean? Stuff like not sharing information, all of this stuff, right? Yeah. I That is entirely possible. Um, but I think it was also possible that maybe we caught wind of this, somebody knew. The information was given to somebody and someone made the decision not to necessarily do anything because they were playing chess and thinking three steps ahead Yeah, and said, you know, if this actually comes to fruit, we'll see what happens. But I mean, if even, if even a smidgen of this gets pulled off, it's going to, it's going to clear the way for us to do this other agenda that we've had, which is to invade this country and kind of clean up this part of the map. Right. Um, I don't think that it was cruise missiles or holograms or anything like yeah. that i don't think it was controlled demolition um could be wrong i mean it, here's the thing is that anything's possible and i'm a creative dude yeah so like so the fact that like you know you know i don't know anyone that was on those planes <laughs> you know so i don't you know maybe does it does that mean that nobody knows anyone that was on those planes you know that seems like kind of a naive way to look at it but um you know could the planes have been fake and they were remote controlled and there wasn't really anyone on there. And every time you see somebody on the news talking about their husband, they call them. It's a fucking crisis act or some right. shit. That's a lot of people that got to keep their mouth shut, though. Yeah. And and that's the thing. Is is, the, bigger, yeah. the bigger these things get, the more they rely on people keeping their mouth shut. And that right. doesn't fucking happen. Right. Um, so I don't know. I, I think, that, you know, when I go to bed at night, when my, my head hits the pillow, what am I going to be thinking? I'm going to be thinking that it was probably uh, lit legit for at least 90 percent of it and that other 10 percent yeah, might just be I, I mean, people you know, again at the end of the day people that look the other way or people that maybe you know nudge things in certain directions so that they you know create an environment maybe there was definitely obviously this thing happened right so there was an environment where such an event could happen right whether or not that of that environment was created through s- stupidity and negligence or there was a little bit of engineering to kind of make sure the pieces were in place. I don't know. You know, I don't know enough about foreign policy or how we do 
you know, who, who we have doing what, if you look at what we do know about the JFK assassination, you know, that like Oswald was somebody that was in communication with the CIA. He was bouncing back and forth between the U S and Russia. You know what I mean? Um, all kinds of stuff there were like, you know, could he have been recruited? I'm going to shut the fuck up now. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I've been talking for entirely too fucking long. No, 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 you're you kind of And then what I, you know, kind of the thing I was going to close on, I think that one day we will know what happened. Um, you know, just, okay. like, just like with everything else. Um, I mean, just like I said, protecting war criminals and stuff for them to work for us. Eventually it does become declassified information um it's just that we don't necessarily look for it i don't know if we'll know in our lifetime if this was caught you know if this was on purpose or, or whatever um but but i think that eventually you know we will have the tools to know um you know what i know this was a thing so i don't think we could ever admit to having anything to do with this you don't think you think it was that big huh you think we just Jesus, can you? I don't think fifty years from now, if you found out, I mean, think about like the Pearl Harbor. Like some people say that, like we knew Pearl Harbor was going to happen, and we let it happen because it, it gave us an excuse to get in the war. Yeah, right. True. And I mean, if that's the case, even though you might hear people say that from time to time, you'll you'll never see. You'll can you imagine if the U.S. government came out today and said, "Yeah, Pearl Harbor happened sixty years ago, seventy years ago. Fuck, it was probably eighty years ago." Yeah, and. uh and we knew that the, we knew that Japan was launching an attack. We knew they were coming for Hawaii, and we purposely we moved some of our carriers around, right. and uh, we let ourselves be attacked because we wanted to get in World War II and we wanted to sway public opinion. So we let Pearl Harbor happen. Eighty years after the fact, can you imagine the outrage if that was if that well, happened today? Well, that's true. I mean, we all, so I mean, yeah. you would have you, you're talking about you know 2081. 80 years from when 9-11 happened, if the, I don't think... Would we know? Yeah. Yeah, we'll never know. if Unless something crazy happens or, you know, what's his name? Julian Assange, WikiLeaks, they fucking uncover some shit. Well, here's 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 what I'm going to promise the people. That I'm going to run for president in, I don't know, some year in the future. And, and if you vote for me, I will open up everything. <laughs> <laughs> I will sign off. All the records of not just 9-11. I, I will do Aliens. I will do Pearl Harbor. I will do JFK. <laughs> I will expose everything and everyone. Hopefully, um, you know, that's enough to get people to, to vote for me. I don't even think I'm quite, quite, I have any qualifications to be president. I don't think you really need that that many. I think you just need money. I know there's an age one that I don't think you've hit yet. I think we've established that you're not yeah. anywhere near that age. No, I'm not. But it's coming, so. <laughs> right. But Asher's 2050. I don't know what it'll be, but it, it's probably not even an election year. I don't know. But um, yeah, I will. I will. Uh, I, I will open up everything. And because fuck, man, I want to know. I'm not going to be like one of those presidents that's like, I will declassify aliens and UFOs and then not do it. Like, I'm actually going to do it and stuff. One guy, uh, who was the, was it Mark Rubio? There was, there was one Republican candidate from New Mexico who, um, it wasn't his platform, but he had he had said that, was his thing. that you know that was something disclosure was something that he would push for if he ever made it into the White House. Yeah, and uh, it didn't win him the nomination. <laughs> He's not our president. <laughs> I don't know who it was. I don't, like, I don't I forget who it was, but it wasn't Trump. I'll tell you that much. So um, Clinton tried to go to Area Fifty One, and he wasn't allowed as president. He wasn't allowed. 
I never heard that. Yeah, it's that is, and that's not just like some bullshit. We're like, that's one hundred percent true. He was not allowed inside of Area Fifty One. Yeah, I, I mean, so you know, it's, it makes you question things. Now, I, you know, I I think that we need disclosure. I, I think that that would make us trust the government more and be able to effectively have a a better country overall, a better world government overall. You know, if if we were fucking lied to constantly, you know, <laughs> right? It would make sense. So. I don't know, but you know, I think that's basically it. Was there anything else you wanted to cover pertaining to to nine eleven? Or no, nah, I'm good. This is a two hour episode, man. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> I think we yeah. said all there is to say. I think you're right about that. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Well, yeah, I think I think so too. Well, I'll post a bunch of links for people. Um, like I said, you know, I definitely, you know, I I like my receipts, so you know, I'd love to give everybody else their receipts. Um, but. Yeah, other than that, we will be back next Wednesday.